You're listening to The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Once again, if you're here for me to talk junk and light some people up, you're barking up the wrong tree. I mean, I still do that. Just not here. At least not in that way. No, we're all here to get better. Every single day, we are looking to transform, reinvent, renew, rejuvenate, dig deep, and compete. If that sounds sort of hokey or lame or just not your bag, that's cool. I get it. But that's what we're all doing here. That's what we've been doing for the past few months, and that's what we're going to continue to do week by week, brick by brick. And joining us this week to elevate the conversation once again is David Nurse, my man is a really, really unique dude. Yes, he's an NBA coach who has worked with and trained more than 150 players. Yes, that in turn has led him to pivot into a top-life optimization coach, author, and dynamic motivational speaker. He is all of those things, but he's more than that. In a world with so much venom, vitriol, resentment, jealousy, and flat-out hate, my man David Nurse is here to swat all of it into the 10th row, a la Dikembe Mutombo. And if that reference is lost on our non-sports fans, it is to say he is relentlessly and obsessively positive and upbeat. To the point where you might say, no one is really like that. There's no way that guy is that happy every single day. But he is. And on the rare day when he's not, he simply flips the switch. Because as David will tell you, it is a choice. It's as simple as that. And the best part is, it was not always like that for David Nurse. This is yet another tale of a person who devoted their entire life to a singular goal, only to have it ripped from him in devastating and embarrassing fashion. A person who in his 20s had to return home, tail between his legs, to nap it out on his parents' recliner with no plan and seemingly no hope. From living out of his car to living his best life possible and elevating virtually every single person he comes into contact with every single day. If I could inject everybody in the world with what this guy is running on, the world would be a damn near perfect place. Episode 12 with life optimization coach, best-selling author, and motivational speaker David Nurse is coming at you right now. So, David, it is awesome to finally get to talk to you on this or in this space. Let me ask you this. You grew up in the cornfields of Iowa. You know exactly what you wanted, the price you were willing to pay to get it. You want to play in the NBA. You were willing to go all in to achieve that dream. For those who do not know, David, ultimately what happened? How did that go? Yeah, so I, I grew up in uh, the cornfields of Iowa, small town. And, Jim, I'm like 6'2", and I can't even touch the rim. So my whole life was poured into playing in, in the NBA. And my parents probably should have said play golf, play baseball, something like that, you know. But I was just so committed to it. And I was putting in these these extra hours, this this extra film study, just doing everything that it took. And I got, I got to play college basketball. I basically grinded my way there. And then I'm playing overseas, and now it sounds – cool to say playing professionally overseas in Europe, but what it actually was was more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro joke of a league than it was actual basketball. And I'm still thinking that I'm right on the cusp of the NBA. So I'm in second division Spain in the Basque region where they don't even really speak Spanish at all, let alone English. And I get cut from that team. So I'm 24 at the time and all my life goals, hopes, and dreams with no backup plan at all 
had just been taken away from me in this joke of a league. So it's basically like, hey, here's your goals, flip them upside down, rub your face in the dirt with them. So I, I come back and I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm living with my parents on the recliner chair in Kansas City at the time. It's about five months just, you know, licking my wounds. And my mom would always say these motivational and these inspirational type of quotes. And usually it was like, whatever, mom, in one ear and out the other ear. And she said this one, I remember vividly, she was doing dishes. I was on the chair. She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. And it hit me because I was like, you know, I always thought it was just one door, one door. What is this one door and four opening? And that's when I realized, you know, all of this that I poured into playing in the NBA and all this extra film study and detailed work that it was, I poured into myself was not actually for myself to reach this goal. It was for me to teach others, to coach others who had more God-given ability than me, height, athleticism, and help them on their journey. So that's right there when I realized I was going to make my life pivot of everything that I poured into my life was not all for waste, Jim. It wasn't all just thrown away, but it was to set me up for something so much better to come. All right, so... If, if things, yeah, if things are taken away, it's a setback, but it was just a setup. Well, exactly. There you go. So it was a setback if you choose to see it that way or a setup. And David, as you know, having grown up in the game, oftentimes these setbacks are only setting up for a much better or bigger comeback. But the key word to me is pivot. You said it sets you up for a pivot. You've written a really interesting book, David, called Pivot and Go. I want to ask you this. When we're talking about a pivot, are we talking about a fundamental change in direction or are we talking about an incremental change? Yes, great question. And it's an incremental change that leads to a much bigger change. So it's just like the basketball term. If you pivot, you have the defense all over you. You can't see the hoop. You have nowhere to go. And you make this small turn, this small slight adjustment, not a big change, a big turn, because that, that's very daunting for people to do. But this small turn, looking at something from just a slightly different perspective, can open up your entire perspective and a whole new horizon ahead. So that's what that's what the pivot is. And that's what I did with playing wasn't for playing, but it was for coaching. And then if we want to take it a step further, Jim, I was traveling around the United States. I had these self-created basketballs from China with this little white line down the middle to show shooting rotation. And and I, I, I drive out 29 hours to the Oakland seaport, put them in my little car and I drive around the country for the next five, six years sleeping out of sleeping in my car in well-lit Walmart parking lots, doing a basketball camp for literally anybody that'll take me in. And fast forward, I get a, an email when I'm in Melbourne, Australia. So I started doing camps internationally and it said Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. And I thought it was spam. I was, I was literally close to deleting that message, but the next week I'm in Brooklyn as the shooting coach. So it all came full circle of going from playing in the NBA to coaching the NBA. But then from there too, it continues to pivot. Like what I'm doing now has is not in anything saying I'm just trying to be an NBA coach. But what I learned through working with players and working with coaches is that I'm much better at pouring into them as far as encouragement is helping them find their breakthroughs more than just the on court skill development, but so much more in the mindset development. So everything in my life has continued been a pivot and a pivot to lead me to where I'm currently at. Okay. Now there, there is so much in that response that I could get into that I want to get into, but I don't want to gloss over this, David. What you said was when you made that initial pivot, when you realized, all right, the dream has been ripped from me. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be in the association, but wait a minute. That doesn't mean that all the work that I poured into this is going to go for not. In fact, it set me up for this. I'm going to work with other players. I can be a coach. However, it wasn't as easy as that. You just said, I 
traveled around the country for five years and I lived out of my car to quote my teenage son, actually, actually, like, I mean, when you say you lived out of your car, do you mean you lived out of your car? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I would stay on anybody's couch that would take me in. Literally, I have stories of staying on people's couches that I didn't even know who they were. They were connected to somebody that I knew. So random people's couches. I would find Walmarts where I knew they had a lot of light. I'd kick back my my chair in my car and I'd sleep. And you know what? The the funny thing is when you when you think about that, it's like, oh man, you had to grind through it and live out of your car and all this. But honestly, I had a ton of fun doing it. When I think about those times, like that was some of the most fun times of my life because I enjoyed the journey I was on. I enjoyed the grind. To me, it's not it's not a daily grind when people say that, oh, I'm just grinding. Why? Like, why? Why don't you enjoy that daily grind and turn it to the daily find? So that's an example of just looking at something from a slightly different perspective. And the, the key in enjoying this journey is knowing that, you know, you, you're on a mission. Like, I don't tell people that I have a, a job or a career. I'm on a mission and I have a passion. My passion was teaching people basketball and a purpose with it, knowing that I could help these these kids' lives, inspire these kids. So when you have passion and purpose, that's when it equals mission. And that's when it equals your daily grind that you go through is actually something you fully embrace and enjoy. Hey, listen, don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or somebody just like me trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help you do that. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device which releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun does not just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. This product is absolutely amazing. And Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Here's what I would love for you to do. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. This is an amazing proposition. Go to theragun.com slash reinvention right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Once again, theragun.com slash reinvention, theragun.com slash reinvention. I absolutely love mine, and I know you'll love yours too. All right, I see this. Now, it seems to me, and since I started this journey myself and this podcast myself, David, like the one thing that keeps coming up over and over again, and this much I knew, like I'm learning a lot week to week as I do this, but I always felt pretty strongly about this. There's a direct correlation between the quality of your life and the quality of your mindset. I believe that strongly. I've always felt that way. You discussed the importance, for instance, of having, quote, an unshakable mindset. How would you define that? And then how do you develop that? Yeah, totally. And that, that is the key. Having an unshakable mindset, you can step in any situation and you can feel completely comfortable and confident in who you are. So what I do with NBA players is basically that. How can they step on the floor in the pressure-packed environment? They are millions of eyes on them, millions of dollars on the line every single night. And how can they be unshakable no matter what's coming their way? Because 
no matter what, Jim, we know that there's going to be a storm in our life, whether it's a daily storm, whether it's once a year, there, there will be some type of storm that hits us. And it's how we react to that is what is going to make us who, who we become. So developing the unshakable confidence, or sorry, the unshakable mindset starts with developing your own self-confidence. So I have a seven steps of unshakable confidence that I'll take people through. It's kind of a formula, a blueprint to be able to know that, okay, anytime I step in a situation, I can come back to these. So I'll just run you through them and we can dive into any of them that you want to. And I'll just kind of briefly talk about them. And, but, but it all starts with, Jim, is, is your self-awareness. So most people will think confidence is about the results, the, the resume, the things that the world will say, hey, this is, this is what makes you great. That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. But the true confidence, unshakable confidence, is understanding your self-awareness. And I'll just tell you a quick story. One of my best friends is Jeremy Lin. And, and Jeremy went through this time in 2011, 2012 called Lin's Sanity, which I'm sure most people know about unless you're hiding under a rock during those years. And, and he just took over the NBA. He was going for game winners, 30 points a night, just from a complete obscurity, about to get cut two days prior. And, and Jeremy was literally the number one trending thing in the world. Twitter, you name it, the news, Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity. He was at the top of the mountain, like literally the peak. But if he was being honest with you, he, wouldn't, he would tell you he would never want to go through that situation again. Because instead of living in the self-awareness, confidence of who he was and the appreciation for the moment, he was living the what ifs. What if I can't keep this up? What will people think of me? And it drives us, it, 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 it drives us nuts. And all of us go through this to some extent. And one of the coolest things I've been able to see throughout my career and Jeremy's career is that he has come into his own and realized that his confidence isn't about his results, isn't about what people say, isn't about him making the NBA. He's fine with that because he knows his self-awareness is in so much more, standing up for his Taiwanese people, for his faith in Jesus, and even thinking that he's a great gourmet chef in the kitchen is one of his self-awareness. So that's the core of it. And then you go into steps of the first one I have is confidence through comparison. So that is comparing yourself to somebody you can see yourself being like, like Kobe did to Jordan. Not comparing yourself as, oh, look at him. He's got so many Facebook likes or Instagram likes. Like, I can't be like him. It drives me nuts. But you, someone's been where you want to get to. You can follow in their footsteps. You can follow the path. And the second one is confidence through strength focus. And that means we all have a God-given ability inside of us. And that's, that's basically what my mission is, to help people find what that God-given ability is and let it out and share it with the world. And we have this strength. More, than, more often than that, we're told that we are our weaknesses. We have, to, we have to improve our weaknesses. But those are just a compliments wish list weaknesses to develop this ultimate team. No team, as you know, is, is put together with all superstars. Everybody has a different role and a, and a different strength. And when you put those together, that's when you get this ultimate culture. So the second one is confidence through strength focus. And see, you're building these up. So you know that person that you're looking up to. You know what your strength is. And then confidence through redefining vocabulary. So this is a really important one. Like our subconscious grows up. When we grow up, we, we term certain words to mean certain things like failure, uh, pressure, success, rich. Like what do those actually mean? They mean what we decide them to mean. So an example is when I get with an NBA player, I'll ask them, when was your last shooting slump? And they'll, you know, I'll see the body language kind of crumble and be like, man, you know, like five games ago, I couldn't make anything. I, I just lost the D. I just lost it. 
And I'll say, hey, okay, when was your last shooting hippopotamus? Hmm. And they'll look at me kind of confused. <laughs> they're, they're like, David, what the heck are you talking about? But what I'm doing there is showing them that they have tied this word slump with this negative feeling. But if you just replace it with hippopotamus, it's still the same thing, but it means something completely different. So we have the decision to, to choose what these words actually mean to us. Like I would pose a question to anyone listening out there. What is a rich life to you? Is it making a lot of money and dying on your deathbed unhappy like Steve Jobs? Or is it pouring into your family, being rich in relationships, friendships? What do these words actually mean to you? So those are the first three. We can keep going into the next the next three and the final let me, one. Dan, let me do this really quickly. I want to jump in. I really appreciate that. There is some really yeah. powerful information in the first three. I just want to ask you about the first one. I want to go back to confidence for a minute. For instance, like I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you've achieved or what you've achieved. Everybody is going to struggle with confidence. You, me, the best players you've ever worked with. I want to ask you this then. What comes first, confidence or success? For instance, are you confident because you're successful or are you successful because you're confident? Man, that's, that is such a great question. And the, the successes that we find, that we have, those build on each other. That's the, the momentum builds momentum, the compounding effect, which is the most, most empowering effect there is. But I, I would look at it from a different angle that the self-awareness confidence comes first. So that meaning any situation that's thrown your way, it's like, it's like a, a, a coin, and the, the movie that guy Two-Face flipping the coin, if it lands on one side, a negative thing, that's what happens. If it lands on a positive side, that's what happens. But we can take that coin and we can build it for the positive no matter what. So let's say like something terrible happens. Let's say I get on this podcast or I step on stage and I just can't say a word and I just completely flop and completely fail. Do I look at it as like, okay, that killed my confidence. I can never do this again. Or do I look at it as like, Oh, I've just created a great story. You know what? This story is going to be in a book someday. Like oh, I can learn from this. What was I underprepared? What did I do that I can change up for next time? So any type of failure, that term failure that we can change up is not necessarily something that is, is negative to you, but instead it's, it's a great way to learn and grow. And it is the best way to learn and grow. So something negative happens. We're thrown off of our confidence. Why? Assess that. Stop in the moment, assess it. Why is that happening? How can you learn and grow from that situation? Because it happened to you for a reason. Now, if a positive happens, then those are the little endorphin rushes that just continue to spark us to even higher heights. Those are the times that we, that we stack them, these, these stack these little wins. And that's why I always have me and my wife at the end of each day, we do our, our three big things in our three little wins. So it could be something very, very small, but at the end of each day, we have three little wins that we'll track. And it's really cool to see because it just like it builds that momentum into the next day and into the next day. So basically saying, yes, the confidence and success go hand in hand, but the self-awareness confidence comes first and you can build that success through whether negative or whether it's a positive. All right. So if you end every single day by considering three little wins, I'm curious, how do you start every single day? Yeah. So great point. And the morning routine is something that's sacred to me. So it it's kind of, it, it's funny because it goes twofold. Now I have a great morning routine and I look forward to it. And I'm excited about it. And basically it's, it's, I wake up and I walk over to take an ice cold shower. So there's, I do everything for a reason. That ice cold shower is what I call the mental dictatorship. It takes 17 seconds for our mind to be able to tell our body that we're okay. 
So it helps me know that no matter what I go through in the day, I've already gone through this cold shower. The 17 seconds, the first time when I'm in there, I hate it. Jim, it sucks. But after that, I could go for three, five minutes. So that's what I'll start off with. But actually before that, when I walk to the shower, there's a mirror. And this is what I call the, the foggy mirror. So the, the mirror is foggy as in our self-doubt, as in our we have 50,000 self-talk thoughts daily, 80% of those 40,000 are negative. So I stand by the mirror and I literally, with my hands, I use the action like I'm wiping away the fog. So I'm deciding that that day, that fog, that imposter syndrome feeling that I might have when I wake up, I'm gonna wipe that away. Kind of like the power stance where you stand in a powerful stance and you're supposed to feel more confident, same concept. So then I'll do the shower. Then I will have a time in the morning, like I love, I love coffee. I'm an addict, man. I would just infuse it in my veins if I could, but I'll, I'll blend the beans. I'll make the coffee to just kind of be like my, you know, my rhythm, my little flow that I have going off some praise and worship music going on in the background. And I'm just, I'm just coming into the day with just this joy and not checking my phone. I call it the no phone zone. I'm going to keep it off unless there's something super important. I know I need to get to, I don't want to see these notifications on WhatsApp, online, on all these different countries that I interact with. So I'm coming into the day at a, at a, a great pace. And then I'll have, I'll have 20 minutes where I'll just sit down and the first five will just be sitting in quiet. Like people will say, hey, I meditate for two hours a day. I, I, I call them out on there. It's like, for me sitting in five, for five minutes of quiet time is hard enough as it is. Right. I'm just sitting there to listen, you know? Like this is when, and this is when a lot of the times that I feel like, God will tell me something. Now, it does, definitely does not happen often, but sometimes it will because I'm open to listen. And I'll go through my, my things I'm excited for for the day, my big three, the things that, okay, these are my needle movers. There's so much that, that I could do during the day. Like all of us, we have so much going on, but I want to make sure I pour into my big needle movers, whether it's writing in my new book, speaking, podcasting. I want to do something in those areas each day. So... I'll have that in my journal and then I'll do after that about 20 minutes, I'll do a workout. Like I love, I love working out. I love pushing my body, but not, not just for the body composition, but it's, it's so much more for the mind. Like after, after I work out, my mind is on fire. Like right now I feel great. Cause I had a workout a couple hours ago and I feel like I could just go and go with a ton of energy. So yes, that's my morning routine. But what I was saying where it's kind of twofold is a lot of us will fall fall victim prisoner to our habits, to our routines, because habits are great. But when we come dependent on our habits, like if I'm throwing, if something throws a loop in my morning routine, like I found myself just kind of getting frustrated. Like if I didn't have my morning routine, my day was not going to be great until I realized like, I don't want to die the death of the sword of habits. I don't want them to control me. These are here for my benefits. But if something goes astray, I can be flexible. I can pivot. Mm. David, go back to what you said about working out and what that does for your mind and how you feel amazing right now. Like, is that partly it's discipline? I didn't want to do it. So therefore I did do it and I feel good about myself. Or is there a physiology and a neurology to it? You know, talk to the layperson. Why does that like, quote, feel so good in your head? Yeah, I think both. I mean, there's definitely a physiology about it that, I mean, if you look at any type of way to prevent sickness, way to prevent injury, way to prevent, to, to increase longevity. Everything in there is working out some type of movement, whether it's lifting weights or it's just getting up and moving and going around and walking. So the physiology part is undeniable. Like it is definitely there, but then also the mental part of it too, is exactly that. 
okay, I've done this workout. I've already accomplished something for the day. Because that accomplishment feeling is like that checking something off the list, the endorphin rush, why we all love checklist, to-do list. It, it makes you feel good about yourself. So I know that, hey, my body, my mind is sharper now because I worked out, but I also know I have a sense of accomplishment. So let's say that my day doesn't go as according to plan because it, it never really does. I'll have my plan and I'll have what I want to control, but it, it won't always go like that. And that's perfectly fine because the best control is knowing that we're not in control at all anyways. So I, I Jim, I wake up in, every morning and know that I have a full plate ahead of me. And that full plate mentality is telling me, okay, I'm gonna get a lot done, but I'm only gonna get what's done on this plate. Like I don't have to stress when it's closing time, when I'll say it's closing time to my wife and we'll shut it down and turn our phones off and be, just be intentional with each other. I don't have to think about, oh man, should I got that one more email in or should I, should I have sent this message out? Because I know that my plate is full and I'll have the leftovers for tomorrow. So that's kind of on a, on a tangent from the workouts, but it's also on a mindset of knowing how you can attack your day, feeling that sense of accomplishment through the workout and knowing that your brain's firing on all levels after you, you get moving your body. Right. Movement is key. Now, David, let me ask you this. Like the pandemic was so interesting and so amazing in the sense that there were so many people who were looking to merely survive, but there was that small percentage that somehow through all the chaos was actually able to thrive. And it seems like that's always the case. And it seems like it's almost always the same people. Why? How is that small percentage of people different? What do they know that others don't know? Man, I love that question. That's so good. And it is that it's pivoting crisis for opportunity to come. And literally, like, it's, it's just, it honestly comes down to the way you look at the situation. Like, if you listen to everybody around you is saying, Oh, I just got to get through this. Oh, we can make it through this. We can get this is the new normal. Like, if you listen to what everybody else says, and don't think for yourself, you're going to be a sheep that just follows. So you're going to think, oh, this is the worst time the world's ever seen. I can't get anything done. I just need to sit at home and, and not do anything. Or you can look at it as like, this is an opportunity. Like right now, I get the opportunity to spend more intentional time with my wife. And if I had kids, if you have kids, like me and Taylor, my wife's amazing. She's way, way cooler than I am. And it's not even close. And so I don't have to, I don't have to travel as much. I get more time with her. We've been married for two years. It's, it's, it's amazing, but also pouring into other things. Like I've been, had great time to write my next book. I've been able to speak a lot on zoom. So now I don't have to travel to all these crazy places. I can just give a zoom talk and I'm in the kitchen five minutes later. So being able to know that, Hey, I'm going to build up so much during this time. That's called the, the pandemic or, the, the woe is me living in the would have been's, the could have been's, should have been's, and look for like, why is this setting me up for something so much better? And the people that do that, the people that have that perspective, and it's all perspective, those are the people that are really thriving through this. Because we can wait around for the world to get back to exactly like it was, and we can wait around for this time, but it's not going to just come. Like, we have to go control our own destiny, put it in our own hands to make what we want happen, happen. And this is like, this is, it's, it's an unbelievable time. Jim, I'll tell people like, if, if, if I was going to say, Hey, you get to stay home and work from home. You don't have to travel. You don't have to commute. You literally can have, do your work on your time. You don't just have to clock in nine to five. You get to spend more time with your family. You'll have more time to pour into your passions. 
Like, would, would people say it back then, two years ago? Yeah, absolutely. But those are the same people who are complaining about it and saying like, oh, well, this is, this is just taking me down to another level. So yeah, I know there's real struggles for people, but I also think it's, it's, it's a lot on your perception and how you look at it. Okay, so like, what about that switch? Like, if inherently, David, you're not that person. Like, you are extremely positive. You are extremely upbeat. You are extremely grateful. And, you know, for any number of reasons, it seems like some people, I don't want to say they're wired for it. I don't want to say it's in their DNA. But some people are just like that. If inherently you are not in this per- this way, you're not this person, I mean, are we talking again about pivots? Are we talking about that 1% that you talk about? How do you become that person if you're the antithesis of that person or the opposite of that person and how long would that take by the way yep a- amazing question and it will take uh, a certain amount of time for for different people but it all comes down to this literally it comes down to serving if you take yourself out of the situation and not worry about what it's doing to you but only worrying about how you can pour into others this will take a lot of this this weight off your shoulders, this pressure on you, this feeling bad for yourself, because no longer does it matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter where you get on the rung of the ladder. It matters what you pour into other people. Like, that's why, Jim, I was so attracted to Steve Nash when I was growing up. Like, that's the dude I wanted to be like. And he led the NBA in high fives, giving 239 a game. He was the best teammate anybody's ever been around. Like, he was a guy just pouring into everybody else. Two-time MVP because he was just this service player and always played with a smile on his face looked like he was having fun and I saw that like you know what that is that's really what like what life is about is is helping people through situations that you know either we've been through like we've heard it talked about Ed talks about it our mutual friend Ed Milet phenomenal guy talks about it's not happening to us but it's happening through us for the benefit of others and when you can look at situations that way that's when it opens everything up. That's when you stop feeling bad for yourself. You stop feeling like this has happened. This is a victim mentality of happening to you. And it opens up, hey, how can I serve? How can I serve this person in the room next to me? And one thing I do is a, a tool for it. I'm really big on giving tools. I don't like to just say things and then hear the, hear the whys and all that. that that's great. No, but I need some actionable hows. And the way that I do this is any room that I enter, whether I'm giving a presentation, whether I'm just walking out the door, walking into a friend's house, I'll look at my hands, once again, the hands, because they're always with us, they're a tool we can always use, and I say the word serve. So it puts me in the frame of mind that when I walk into that room, I'm not concerned about what I get out of it. I'm not concerned about who I meet or, oh, I have to connect with this person or that person. How can I serve the person in the room? Before I got on this, this Zoom call, I looked at my hands when I was typing up entering how to get on the zoom and i said sir because i know this is not about me and people saying oh david great talk you know great points but it's what they can take away from that so i think that service mentality i know that service mentality is the way to take yourself out of the feel bad for yourself based on your circumstances can i i'm gonna follow you up on that because i think and i know and you and I have not known each other a long time, but I feel like, David, I know you already, and this is authentic, and this is genuine, and I know people that know you that always say the exact same thing about you. What you are saying right now, I know you believe in your heart of hearts. I also know this. 
and I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket on anything. I just want to address this little elephant in the room. It's counterintuitive to what many people think. You and I both know many people want to know, well, okay, what do I get out of it? What do I get out of it? That's not what you're saying. What you're saying is pour yourself pour yourself into others and don't think about what you get out of it. And believe me, the win is there. What do you say to somebody who just can't get their head around that concept and continues to say, what's in it for me? Yeah. And that's, it's a real, real thing. And I would say, first of all, just try it. I mean, when you ask somebody, would they rather receive a Christmas gift or give a Christmas gift? Everybody says, give it, whether they mean it or not. So the only thing you can actually do is, is try it, is lean into it. It's actually jump in head first without knowing where you're going to go. It's, it's taking that step off the ledge and knowing, man, your wings are going to fly as you fall down there, but you will fall. And there will time be times that you come back to this. Oh, I need it for me. Like, I mean, shoot, man, to be honest, like, yeah, sure. I want to grow my brand or my message as, as, as much as I can. But I know at the end of the day, it's not about like, it's not about people looking at me and saying, oh, wow, he's great. But it's about what I can deliver to help other people. Because when we think about it in the grand scheme of life, if life's a movie at the end of the where the credits go, we are just a small, small, small blip. Like it goes by so fast. And it's a thing, it's, it kind of is like, man, then what are we actually doing this for? But it's also a really freeing thought. And I think about it too, man, like, like I know the reason that I'm on this mission is, is to show people the love of Jesus. Like he was the ultimate leader. He was the ultimate server. And one thing that really frees me up is, is I know I'm doing all this stuff. Like I'm building all this stuff and I want to have this message out there and everything. But then I think about it and God's probably looking down on me. He's like, you know what, David? That's cute. You know, that, that business you're growing, that, that, that's cute and all, but what are you really doing? So I think it's a way to, to, to free, free us up to know that it's, it's bigger than us. The world does not revolve around us. Now it's tough, man. It's tough to think. It's tough to get out of that mindset. And another tool, so bringing out the tool belt again. Do it. If you start feeling this, <clears throat> when you start feeling this sense of woe is me, and you, you just snap your fingers. You snap your fingers stands for stop, notice, assess, pivot, stop. Okay. Pause. Notice what's going on. Why are you feeling this way? This is what's happening. Assess. Okay. Assessing the situation, why this happened. And now you can pivot on to the next, to, to take this as a learning point and use it for growth. So it's, it's twofold. It's understanding. Yes. It's about serving. There's a bigger picture and a bigger purpose, but it's also catching yourself in the moment and being able to stop, notice, assess, and pivot. I like that. I like that we could talk about the whys, but that you're giving practical, pragmatic advice and including hows, and this is how we get here. You know, there's something that comes up in sports all the time, and David, I've kind of gone out of my way. Although you have a sports background, you are now transcending that, and it's bigger than that, and I'm trying to make sure that when I take on this project, I'm talking to people that are not my listeners in sports, but rather that we're talking about something that's bigger than that. However, there are certain elements of sports that you and I could talk about that do transcend and do apply. As an example, process, process. Every single great coach that you and I both know and talk to talk about process. In other words, focus on the process, but not the results, not the outcome, just the process. In terms of that, if we're going to focus only on process and not results, how do we apply that to our everyday non-athlete lives? How does that work? Yeah, Jim, I'm so glad you brought that point up because it is a very, very important point. And process is one of those words like culture that just get thrown around and sounds really great and sexy, but what does it actually mean? 
So process in the terms of, I'm going to give you an MBA example, then I'm going to bring it back to how we can all use it. So I had a, play, a player that I work with a lot, Norm Powell for the Blazers now. And he's a really good player. And he was kind of, he was up and down, actually playing for my uncle in Toronto. He was up and down. He'd have good games and have some bad games. And he would basically put all of his emphasis on the points that he scored, like what he saw as the results. That's what determined how well he played. So we completely took that away. We are like, okay, we're not going to even track any stats, not shooting percentages, nothing like that. We're going to focus on your two great shots. Norm, you're really good catch and shoot, and you're really good getting downhill and transition at the rim. We are going to count how many times you get to those spots. I don't care if you make the shot at all. You can miss every single shot. But if you got to those shots, your process over the long term, that's what's going to build your success, and you're not worried if they go in or out. And Norm embraced that. Man, it's one thing to hear, but it's it's another whole beast to actually do it. He embraced it. And as you've seen, he's had an amazing season, an amazing breakout, and just, just really set himself up for a great contract to come next year. But to bring that back to what we do in our days, everything is based on we have our system, process equals results. So knowing what your system is, meaning what are the things that move the needle for you? What can you do better than anybody else? What is your gifts? What are your strengths? And this is not like, this is understanding, okay, I'm not, I don't want to spend my time doing email. I don't want to spend, like, I'm going to block that off. I'm going to use these distractions for my growth, but I know where I'm pouring my, my, my most focused, my, what I call focus, focused time into. So that is the system. And then the process you go about it, now, each thing will have its own process. So I know that if I'm recording a podcast and I'm, I'm writing notes about it, or I know if I'm, if I'm writing in, in the book, like I'll set up, I'll set each day. So I've got a book deadline I get to hit. Each day right now, I'll have two hours set aside. Now I go on the walking treadmill and I'll just type and I'll type and I'll type. And whether it's two words or 20 pages that come, I know I've built into that process. So over the long term, that's going to lead to the results. Because when people say, hey, I want to write a book, I want to do this with a big project, a big dream, and they think the results are just going to come, they're kidding themselves. Like it won't come and it won't come fast. And you don't want it to come fast because if things do come fast and too easy, you haven't built the roots. You haven't set the foundation for a long-term longevity success. So understanding what your system is, meaning what are you pouring your time into, your buckets into, understanding what your process for each one of those systems is, like, how do you do each one daily? And then knowing that the results will come. And then the cool thing is when it spits out these results, like now we can analyze them. Okay, is this exactly what I wanted? Oh, now I can tinker with this. We're like a mad scientist. Oh, I can throw it back in the, in the system, in the formula. I need to change my process a little bit here. So it's all system process leads to results not the other way around. I love that. So really quickly, David, when you talk about it, hey, listen, this is not, you know, that whole notion of simple but not easy and it's not going to happen right away. Your uncle Nick is a fascinating guy. He's an NBA head coach, one of my favorites, honestly. I, I just, I love the guy. He's an amazing teacher, motivator, leader. I think he's brilliant. And, and if you don't know the story, seemingly, literally came out of nowhere and won an NBA championship. Like somebody just dropped a lottery ticket into his hand, an overnight success. Obviously, if you know anything about this game and about his background, that is not the case. As an example, how much did he pour into chasing his dream? And then what were a couple of the biggest takeaways you have from working with and studying him closely? Jim, your questions are phenomenal, man. You've done this a time or two before. I love this. 
So yeah, so so Nick's journey is 27 years to become an overnight success. We've heard the the term 10 years to become an overnight success, but 27 years. So people saw it. Oh, first year head coach, won the NBA championship, you know, lightning strikes in a bottle. He got so lucky. No, I have been with Nick on this journey. I've seen him coaching at small schools in South Dakota, overseas, in, in England and Belgium, where they don't even know they play basketball. Been with him over there when he's taping players' ankles, popping popcorn at halftime, literally running the whole circus of a, of a league. And the thing that he did was he treated every step of the way, those 27 years, every coaching step, as if he was an NBA champion head coach. He lived in it. He said it from the start. He was going to be an NBA champion head coach. He's from Carroll, Iowa, another small town, Iowa, where no one has done it. Like he didn't, he didn't play in the NBA. And then here he is living as this NBA head coach, no matter what his situation was, it wasn't, it wasn't below him. It could be over in England. It could be in the G league. And it just all led to that moment. So to say, yeah, it takes, it takes time. And it's a great thing it took time. If Nick was thrust into that situation with the Raptors years before he was ready, he wouldn't have done what he did. Like for me, I was th- I was coaching with the Brooklyn Nets when I was 27. I was way too young, man. I thought I was great, but I didn't even know half the stuff I know now. So you don't want that quick success. You want this long-term base. And Nick is a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. And he's he's been through it all and just a great role model. All right, so help me with this. Like, I want to share an observation with you, and I don't fully understand it. I kind of understand it, but I want to bounce it off you, and I want to get your thoughts. This is now episode 12 of this particular podcast. You know, and I've been in this industry, you know, I've been in this business for literally decades. I've done countless thousands of interviews, but I've only done 12 episodes of the Reinvention Project. I cannot tell you how many people I've had on of these 12 episodes, yourself included, yourself included, David, that have gone out of their way to say to me, do you need help? Is there anybody or anything I can introduce or help you with or introduce you to? Let me know what I can do to help. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard something to that effect in the last three or four months, but I can tell you this, more times in the last three or four months than probably in the last 10 or 15 years of my day job, exactly what is that? How do you explain that? What's going on here? Totally, man. Yeah, no, I know from being in the NBA in, in right. other industries. Where it's cutthroat. It is, it's cutthroat. And it's about not getting fired. It's about what's in it for me. It's about, it's, it, it, there's nothing to do with serving. And what those people don't realize is like, that's where the true gain comes from. Like, I, I, I love, absolutely love connecting good people together. Like, it, it, love it. Not just for, hey, it looks good for me because I connected them, but these people like connecting you with somebody or connecting Ed with somebody like you guys are going to make something great happen and you could change lives through that connection that's made. But most people in other industries won't look at it that way. So it's just the whole thing of, man, like we can't, we can't do it alone. We have to do it together. And it's the mindset of there's not just one slice of the pie. The pie is not just one size and there's one slice. We can add a double decker, a triple decker, more frosting on top. Like you can increase the pie. And the more that that we're able to, you know, help each other along the journey, like our mission, and there's 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 a lot of us, like, yeah, John Gordon is, is an amazing friend of mine, great leader. He was on your podcast. Like there's a lot of us out there wanting to do good for other people, wanting to show other people their true gifts. And if we think that we're just playing this self-defense and and trying to prevent anybody else from getting the credit, like it's it's going to come in back and, and 
look horrible on us anyways. So basically in point, man, like you're in a good place because you're around good people. You're not around these energy vampire sucking people, but you're around good people who are genuine and who want, want to make change. And by the way, man, don't be a bleeping pig. There's enough to go around, man. There is enough to go around. Listen, David, before you go, like in terms of the book, Pivot and Go, I think that, and listen, if people are pushing back on what they're hearing, then they're not open-minded and I'm not sure they're ready for the message anyway, right? If you're hearing this, you're saying, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. But if you're saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, no, then you're probably not in the right spot anyway. But let me ask you this. Like, at a time like this, so many people feel stuck. And I would say at some point, every last one of us at some point feels stuck. If not now, then we have. How do people get unstuck? Yeah. And that is the question. And you, you hit the nail on the head. Like you can't get unstuck if you don't want to become unstuck first. So the first step is to realize, like take the mud off your eyes and realize that, Hey, there's something better for me out there. And then the next step is, is figuring out what that what that passion is for you, what that burning passion, like what wakes you up and you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready to take on the day. Like there's gotta be something, everybody has some type of passion. And then figure out how you can use that passion for a bigger purpose. Because if that passion is just about to make a lot of money, it's going to in the end drive you nuts. But you figure you couple that, like we talked about, passion with the purpose equals the mission you're on. And then you surround yourself, man. Your environment is who you are, not your physical environment, but the people around you, like being around you, being around Ed, being around John Gordon. Like I'll say, like I'll say I'm going to do something and they'll be like, yeah, man, hell yeah, you're going to do it. I'm going to help you here and we're going to do this. Like there's a lot of people in support and I'm sure you went through it as well of, of making that transition. People are like, oh, Jim Rohn, well, I mean, he's a, he's a sports guy. He's a great sports guy. And just shedding that identity because you know you have something so much bigger ahead of you which I respect the heck out of you for that. Cause it's when you're doing something really good, really good. It's, it's, it's hard to make that change and take that, that, that pivot to something that could be even greater. So I would say that I would say, I mean, first just take the mud off your, eye. just try it. Like it, just try it for a day. Like if you don't think you need it, just give it a shot. What's the worst, what's the worst that can happen and then figure out what that burning passion is. What's the purpose with that passion? What, okay, what is that? Like, for instance, if, if yeah. somebody says, all right, fine, fine, I will try it for a day. I'm going to yeah. open my mind up. I'm going to look at these things. I'm going to try and serve even. But, I, man, I really do not know. Like, you're very clear about yeah. what your purpose is, what your mission is. You're fortunate. A lot of us are fortunate to know what we want to do. Therefore, we create a blueprint and a process and a system. But if somebody listening is like, and I think this is true, there are people who really have no idea. I do not know my purpose. I do not know my passion. If they don't know what it is, what's the first step? How do you look? Where do you, where do you look? Yeah, you know what? That's, and that's a, re- a really good question or a real thing. You Ask the people around you, ask the people that you can trust, not the people that are your yes men, but are the people that actually care for you in your life, that will tell you the truth. Ask them, what am I good at? Like, what do you see me doing? That can be a starting point. So that can be a way to trigger. And you know, it's not saying ask your parents, your parents want safety for you. They don't always want the best thing. I'm not asking my mom for business advice. She doesn't know. She wants safety for me. So find the people that you know you can trust in your life and ask them, see what they say. That's a starting point. Give it a shot. If it doesn't happen, if it's not something you like, at least you try. The worst that you can do is do nothing. Go one way, just like me with trying to play basketball in the NBA, and learn from that to be able to grow to something else. We're, 
life's just a, it's a long hallway, man, where there's a long hallway and there's doors left and right that we can go in and search and, and learn about. And then we come out and we continue on in our journey. So it's the same thing. Surround yourself with people and ask them the question, what they think, what you think they can do. Take it together. Take some time. Sit down. Reflect. Don't just go and go and go and go. But then your life just passes you by. But actually take some time and sit down and reflect on it and then try something. And if you don't try something, you will never get anywhere. If you do try something, you'll learn either, hey, that's the way out. That's what I like. Or that's not what I like. I can do this differently. It's like, what's his name? Uh, in, the, in the light bulb, uh, Thomas Edison, he found 999 ways to not do it. But it led him to the one way, the one thing that he he knew was the right way. David, one last thought. I mean, like this, this has been smooth and easy. I mean, I'm talking about 45 of the most energetic, positive, upbeat moments you could ever have. How much of this, all these things that we're talking about is straight up a choice, a decision, a Mm. willful decision to this is how I'm going to see this and approach it. I made a choice. A hundred percent, man. And that's what I tell people. That is our superhero power. We all have a superhero power and that is choice. You choose, you choose which way you want to go with your life. You choose whether, whether to look at a situation that's negative or positive, how to use that. You choose. And we get to choose that the words we say, what we think words mean, like everything comes down to it being a choice. So you got everybody out there listening to this today, realize you wake up every single morning with the chance to make that choice. You get the chance to vote for yourself. No one's going to do it for you. You get to make that choice. And it's a beautiful thing. Like every morning you can make that choice. Every morning you can vote for yourself to be who you want to be. And then know that, hey, regardless, regardless of what other people say, they're not living your life. They'll think about you for like 10 seconds and they'll say something, but yet we'll spend the rest of our day thinking about what they said. They don't care. You're the one living your life. And when you get to, can get to the point where you are so comfortable in your own skin, that's when you make everybody else around you feel so comfortable in, in their skin. So that's, that's at the essence, man. You, you hit the nail on the head. Like it is, it's, it's absolutely choice. Last thought, David. So do you ever wake up sometimes and think to yourself, you know what, man, I feel like crap. I slept like crap. This system, this process, this thing, I don't want to do it today. That cold shower, not feeling that ever either. The two hours that I have to spend writing for my book, not no, I don't feel like this today. I don't feel right. Something's off. Do you kind of roll with that day? Is there a technique for flipping back the switch? What do you do with those days? Do you have those days? Oh, totally, man. Yeah, I definitely have those days. Now, I'm blessed to be doing something I absolutely love through a long time of getting to this point. But yeah, I I for sure have those days. And, and man, it's, it's, it's a struggle. But what I do is I, I'm blessed to have an amazing wife. So I always go to her, I'll tell her, I'll communicate and tell her with it. And what I'll do is I'll try to do taking it off my own plate. So I'll say what I will ask what I can do for her and put it to like a day of like, you know what, it ain't happening for me. I don't feel like doing this. I'm not going to be able to do that. I might even try. I might even try the 17 seconds and it's just not happening. Like I can't write. I can't, I can't do anything, but I'm going to ask Taylor, like, what can I do for you? And I put this down in the, in the love tank filling. So I know I'm filling her love tank and I'm actually using this, this bad day for myself to probably score more points for myself in the long run as it is. So, I mean, I guess it would just come back to really like get out of your own head 
And it's, it's kind of like the pull cord when you're going down and trying the parachute's not coming out for the day. What is your pull cord and the pull cord you can just continue. I know it sounds cliche, I guess to say, but continually come back to serving. How can you pour into somebody else and use that as a day of like, this ain't my day, but it can be somebody else's day. Pivot and go. That's what you do with that. Pivot and go. And you should read the book by that same title. My man, I'm so glad that you and I came together. I appreciate you embracing me in this process, in this space, introducing me to other interesting people. And I'm just glad that you and I could spend this time together. I know it won't be the last time, David. I appreciate you very much, man. Great job. And thank you for doing that. Thank you, Jim. Extremely honored and blessed to be on here, man. My man, David Nurse, no one better. But don't get so caught up in how good of a dude he is that you miss the main message. And to me, it's this. David was one of the few people who truly went all in on himself, bet everything he had on himself, committed everything he had to his dream. He burned the boats. He pushed every chip to the center of the table. He made every sacrifice imaginable. He was the hardest worker in every single room, and it still did not happen for him. He got literally everything he possibly could out of himself and frankly still was not really even that close to realizing his dream. He said it himself, cut from a joke of a league in Spain. So it was all a colossal waste of time, right? All that work he put in was for nothing, right? All those people who said it was a joke and that he had no business even trying for the impossible dream nailed it, right? Wrong, per usual. Because all those same people are probably still sitting on their asses in their parents' recliners. Yes, David spent five months there too. But he got up off the mat. Pivot and go. Pivot and go. My man realized, I don't have what it takes to play in the NBA. But what I do have is years of wisdom and knowledge that I've gained pursuing that dream. And now I can share that with others who do have that rare talent, but maybe lack the unshakable mindset necessary to get to the next level. Maybe they lack the strategies and the tactics off the floor that transfer and translate into success on it. And maybe those same tactics and strategies also work in a boardroom or on a sales call or in a classroom or in the home or whatever your calling is. And maybe, just maybe, if you live a life of serving and sharing and giving without ever expecting anything in return, the rewards will be so much more bountiful than you could ever dream of. And then maybe you leave every situation much better than the way you found it. In other words, you're making the world a much better place. And you're improving the lives of everybody around you. I'll tell you what. Not everything is what it appears. And oftentimes, if something appears too good to be true, it is. And some of the people who you think are the best are actually the worst. And some of the people who you think are the worst are actually the best. I say it all the time on my programs. We don't really know any of these people. And I say that more than ever now by looking at social media. What I'm looking for are real folks to come on this podcast and share their stories and their strategies to help us reinvent ourselves and develop that unshakable mindset we're all looking for. And what you see in David Nurse is exactly what you get. And what you get is some clean burning fuel for the mind and the soul. And I hope you got as much out of that as I did. If so, please be sure to subscribe and review the pod if you don't mind. Share and leave comments. 
That would absolutely mean the world to me. And I do appreciate you all very much. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing week. And I will catch you all next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.